Hi, I'm Joe Sheeran, and welcome to the Dealmaker Series. This show highlights some of our most interesting deals by talking to the entrepreneurs and the dealmakers behind them. Today, we're joined by Henry Doyle and Dan Bailey from cybersecurity software company, Altinet. They've recently sold their company to Aero Business Communications. We're also joined by Graham Pierce, our UK head of TMT. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Hi, Jay. Hi, Jay. Good, thanks. Good, thanks. Well, thanks for coming along, Dan and Henry. I think just to kick off, it'd be great to hear from you a bit more about Altinet and, and your journey. Yep, no problem. If we introduce ourselves first, give you a bit of background. So Henry Doyle um, co-founded Altinet with Dan in December 2013, which seems um, only a couple of years ago. It goes fairly fast. Um, I've always worked in IT since I left university, um, studied business there um, and come from an IT background from a family perspective, which again, we'll come on to a bit later. Um, outside of work, um, spend quite a lot of time with my, my two kids, keep me busy, my wife um, and a keen cyclist and, and runner, but most of the time try and get out of the house outside and get away from the desk, which last year seemed to spend quite a lot of time behind. Um, but I'll, let, I'll pass it over to Dan so he can give a bit of background on himself and he can give a bit of an overview of the business. Brilliant. Yeah, thanks. Um, so I actually studied French. French history, uh, French and history at university. So I had no idea that the IT would be where I'd end up in my my career. Um, but yeah, IT was where, where I started in the channel uh, on the sales side, like Henry. Um, and it was a great foundation, really, for when we started to when we started Alternet and um, and we began began growing it from that from quite a sales focused background. Um, outside of work, uh, I've got a young family as well, so a two year old daughter. Most of my weekends. Uh, spent at the park now or um, if it's raining then we're reenacting Disney princess films so uh, <laughs> a key, key strength of mine at the moment is the beast from Beauty and the Beast or Kristoff from Frozen that's pretty much how my Saturday mornings are spent right now so a little bit Not different Elsa, from a few years ago <laughs> so how did, how did Altinet come about with the both of you? Yeah, so Henry and I worked together uh, at the company before we founded uh, a company before we founded Altinet and um, uh, kind of you know had some had some similar goals and ambitions, and and saw a gap in the market for a cybersecurity partner um, that needed that needed uh, the customers needed really a focus on being able to deliver cybersecurity services, not just kind of selling software. So um, we decided to found uh, Alternate at the end of end of 2019, and um, it's been as Henry said, it you know it feels like a couple of years ago, but been you know um, over seven years now, and and we kind of kept true to that uh, those kind of founding values of of supporting customers with great technical services alongside the solutions that we sold and and that's really been the foundation for our success but we've grown we've grown every year and grown consistently uh, which has been which has been great and obviously there's been some you know interesting periods in that time like the last year but um you know we've always done it with a smile on our face which has been good so you've had this amazing growth as, as you've been saying and what when did you start thinking about selling when did that kind of come across well i think that um you know for two to three years previous to starting the process we'd been speaking with Graham and the team at KPMG to understand the market and his thoughts on it and how to prepare the business for when it was the right time I think that we knew you know eventually it would be the right time but not not exactly when and um one of the things that I think we did we did really well was to build that relationship to understand the process and Graham and his team um, before we came to the pit point of you know deciding the time was right. But I, I don't think there was you know I, I was thinking back I don't think there was one specific moment where Henry and I said the times the times definitely right. Uh, I think we had regular conversations once a quarter, once a half year on if it was the right time to think about taking 
investment from a private equity company or or thinking about selling um and it, and in the middle of say 2019 that was really when we knew we were going to have another year of really solid growth um we knew that we had a really good plan in place for four to five years and um uh, we also knew obviously it was a favorable time for the cybersecurity market as well so we had uh, we had a good a good that good win behind us um because obviously you know there were lots of organizations that were interested in expanding into into cybersecurity um but i think even at that point in kind of mid 2019 when we knew that was probably the time that we were that we were going to pull the trigger and and go for it that it was still seen as you know a, a case of exploring our options and if we didn't find the right acquisition path or investment path then we would carry on the business ourselves i think henry's dad was involved in the um that process of us of us actually selling and i think that was one thing that one really good piece of advice that we kind of had from the start which is obviously a lot of processes don't um don't always end in a deal so be prepared for if that doesn't happen um which which i think we did quite well great great and Graham, from your perspective, what was happening in the market in 2019? Yeah, well, um, uh, looking back, quite quite a lot, but not as much that's happened since, I suppose, Joe. Um, I, and just to echo some of the things that Dan was saying there, you know, having been sat alongside Dan Henry and the team for, for probably, I think, four years um, uh, from the beginning of the relationship, it was great to understand the business drivers but also the personal drivers to when the right time to time that run was um, and seek a deal you know in 2019 seems like a lifetime ago doesn't it where we are now but you know there was a rapidly consolidating space um, many of the unified communications platform businesses have had recently had significant amounts of new capital injected so you know, we sat around that that boardroom table whenever it was, and you know, we we cast a, a look across the market, and it just seemed like it was awash with with dry powder. And being a cyber focused MSP, we knew that Alternet was always going to attract a significant amount of attention back in 2019, as has been the case since then. There's, there's barely a week goes by in the press where, unfortunately, we're seeing regular headline grabbing instances of organisations falling foul or becoming victims of, of cyber security problems. So a very hot market and, and one where we thought the time was right to launch a, a process. Thanks, Graham. So, you know, no deal goes without, you know, its challenges and that whole side of things. So it'd be really great. Maybe, Henry, you can pick up on this question in terms of, you know, what were the key challenges as, as you decided to, you know, pull the trigger? Well, if we put COVID to one side, because we COVID came about in the final third of our deal. And I think we're going to spend some time focusing on how we got it done during COVID later on. So if we put COVID to the side. I think the biggest challenge is probably the unknown. Um, and as Dan said, the first thing we did when we knew the time was right was get my dad involved, who's run five processes um, before. And I think he set our expectations at the start and said to us, you know, you need to speak to your families you know, get prepared. This isn't going to be easy. There's going to be some challenges along the way. You might get to the end and get a great deal. And luckily we did. Um, but you might get to the end and, you know, have no deal. So prepare yourself and it's going to be hard work. So I think 
he set it he set us up from the start to go you know this is going to be hard but i think if when i look back what are the biggest challenges the process took 12 months pretty much from day one um maybe a bit longer um and uh, we had to go through that process which is intense it takes a lot of time but the biggest thing that we had to do was run the business and make sure the business was continue to be successful and you know graham's sitting there now and he knows that him and ben were ringing us up every week and every month saying guys you're still doing the numbers you know how's business looking whilst also we were jumping on a call five minutes later for two and a half hours you know going through spreadsheets and you only have a certain amount of time um i think we me and dan are lucky we had a good advisor but we had a good team but we also have a good team behind the scenes um that still support us now in our slt team and we couldn't tell them what was going on obviously but what we could do was rely on them to to be successful so i think finding that balance between working on the process trusting the team that graham's team that they know what they're doing and we don't need to be involved in every single element our number one priority was to run the business and make sure that we didn't have a dip um at any stage and that was extremely hard obviously when covid came around um but the key challenge was to just find that balance and make sure that we delegate at the right times and we split the work up evenly um you know i took a, a big part of the finance piece dan took some of the the sales element of it and we made sure that we weren't duplicating work and that we worked with graham's team efficiently and built a, a good relationship but definitely that's the biggest challenge is making sure that you don't lose focus i think it's so easy to lose focus and you know, as soon as that number drops or the performance drops or you lose key members of the team during that process, there's only one thing that's going to happen and that's going to lead to either a no deal or probably even worse, not a deal that you want, that you feel you have to take at the end because you're so, you've got that deal fatigue after 12 months, which, you know, it doesn't matter what you think at the start, every single person has deal fatigue at the end. Um, if someone says they don't, they're lying. Yeah, and then on top of that, you got COVID happening at the same time. So how how did that dynamic play play in? I think again, probably the the biggest challenge of the deal was the unknown of the process, which you know would take that into anything we know in the future. The biggest challenge with COVID, which we're still dealing with now, is uncertainty. You know, I think before, with the from a deal perspective, we could speak to Graham, we could speak to advisors, and they would always come with advice. They'd speak about past experiences. Well. You know, all of us were sat around tables going, well, we don't really know what's going to happen with COVID. So let's just, again, continue to run the businesses as we have done before. But that was a challenge. And that was one of our biggest challenges was our pipeline completely changed. So the first thing we did as a, as a business, again, outside of the process, was make sure that we continue to meet our objectives, financial and outside of financial. And that was to make sure our pipeline wasn't affected, change our strategy and make sure our people were okay because you know we we were already heavy te uh, teams users already in bed with microsoft but it was still a big change for our 30 members of staff to move from being in the office every single day to working from home so we had to manage that dan led a lot a lot of that with um some of the team that we've got behind us um and it was a challenge you know it, it wasn't easy um even in december you know, only a month ago, we were just about to start going back to the office and we've just had to change it again. So we're working from home and we've been balancing that for the last 12 months, as you know, a lot of businesses have. And I think we were part of it is, you know, we're lucky to be in a, a really 
um, hot market. And as Graham said, you know, the need for cybersecurity, you know, businesses in the last 12 months has only increased, you know, 600 cyber attacks has gone up 650% since the start of COVID. And we just said to the team, it's our responsibility to help companies. You know, we just need to focus on helping, focus on the technology, focus on what we do well, and we'll be okay. Um, so obviously it was uncertain and, and, you know, we were under pressure at this stage because we were in the final third of the deal to make sure we delivered. Um, and again, I'm not gonna use the word luck here because it wasn't luck. We, were, we worked unbelievably hard to make sure we, our numbers weren't impacted and the business continued to grow and it did. Um, and I think since, well, since the acquisition, we've continued to grow. So, um, you know, Arrow is super happy. The partnership there has, has only gone from strength to strength, but it was a challenging Q1 and Q2. Um, and it delayed the deal did COVID because we were aiming for, you know, end of March, we went into exclusivity, I think in March with a six week period to complete and mainly due to COVID that just extended and extended into, I think it was the first Monday of July that we completed the deal. So that wow. shows, you know, the impact it can have. Um, but I think just, again, it's, we're trying to balance running the business and the process before, then you put COVID in the mix and suddenly, you know, you're, you're working, you know, long hours, um, but the reward at the end was, was worth it. Yeah. And that, you know, that's really interesting. I guess from your perspective, Graham, what was your advice at the time? Because, you know, you've been working on this deal already for, I don't know, nine months, COVID hits. What, what can you say to, what did you say to the team to keep them going? Yeah. I mean, it was a, a real bolt from the blue for a lot of us and particularly in the deals arena, we saw a huge drop off of deal flow and activity. Many processes were paused and right across our entire portfolio, we put stock and we made sure that if we were continuing on deals, it was for the right reasons. Um, I think in hindsight, the call we made, well, first and foremost, at that point, we were already fairly well advanced with our favorite bidder and our favorite bidder made sure that they want, they called us specifically and said, we're pausing a lot of our deal activity because of COVID, but alternate is not something we want to pause. It's so strategic for us and it's so important that we just want to carry on if, if that's okay. Um, so because we knew we had the conviction from the buy side, um, we were willing to continue down that road and you know, ultimately le led to a great result. I think that's a good good point that Graham just made there in terms of the you know the communication that we that we had from Arrow and at that point it was mainly Chris it was it was really clear with obviously KPMG but also Henry and I that um, you know the process would the process would continue and and also you know pretty open about how that um, how that would impact you know what they were what they were looking at at the time um, but as as Graham said it was that strategic piece that. Uh, that kind of kept it alive but the communication piece and how arrow communicated with us during that time a very difficult time obviously for everyone because i think you know we can talk about how the deal impacted us and how it impacted our process but if you're buying a business during covid there's probably more uncertainties and if you're and if you're selling one to be honest um and i think that's that's something that uh, we recognized as you know, it built even more trust in that in that relationship, which I think is really important during that that sales process, and, and that kind of built it at a relatively early stage. And in terms of 
Arrow like continuing to show love. That's obviously, you know, that must be like one of the highlights of the deal in terms of you hit a really difficult time and the buyer continues to show trust in your company. Um, I guess this one's for you, Graham. You know, what else was a highlight of this deal? What else was, you know, was quite interesting from that side of things from your perspective? Well, I think that that bit about uh, about Arrow continuing and, and, and showing conviction was was as a result partly because of the strategic rationale for the deal. But I also think it's really gratifying to see where there's a real the real shared values and shared vision and, and common goals that you can see where, you know, I've, I've advised on countless deals and you can see it when there's a when 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 two two management teams get together and finish each other's sentences and you know agree with what each other are saying almost from the outset. And it was clear to me that Arrow was the right home for this business. You know, we advise on loads of different types of transactions, refinancings, private equity deals. But, you know, personally for me, finding the right final home for a business where there's a real shared vision and common goals is is really personally satisfying. And when you can tie that into shared incentives and alignment um, of, of how to grow value going forward, which we've managed to do as part of the deal structure, you know, it's a great tick in the box and it makes you feel good that you've you've added a load of value to, to two businesses there. And I guess, you know, we see a lot of partnerships that when they sell co-founders, it can be quite difficult, but how did you ensure you kept those shared values with each other and that you weren't falling out, you know, every other day from that perspective? <laughs> Good question. Um, so, in terms, so Henry and I, we, we worked together before we started Altenet and, uh, and I think you could see from, you know, early on that uh, we, we had a similar drive and determination um, to, and some similar goals that they weren't always identical, but, um, you know, they were always planned out. And I think that helped it a lot um, to always be working towards shared goals that we were that we were clear with each other on uh, helped. Um, and, and I think, you know, the the sale of alternate and that process was the culmination of seven years and over that time you know you go through we hit quite a lot of milestones together uh, like we, we both got married we both started a family and i think you know that that enabled us to um you know focus on some of the like the, the really important the, the really important stuff which was you know it, even though there, there was we, we were selling alternate it was it was a process of selling it and there were some difficult conversations then I think you know every decision that I made, and I know it was the same with Henry, is that you know you consider both parties in that. You don't just think what's the what's the best outcome in that specific thing for each individual. And I think that came through. So um, you know it was it, obviously there was some there were some tough parts of the of the process, as I'm sure there would be. You know if you if there were multiple shareholders or just one, but. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of seven years of hard work, um, seven years of, of turning alternate from something that was obviously ultimately uh, two people, just us two at the start to, to then a team. And it being about, you know, also more than just Henry and I, you know, finding a home for the business that um, uh, that was going to be beneficial for all the people that had, that had come with us on the journey. But um, yeah, I, and I think to be honest with you, uh, you, you know, Henry and I, we've, we've never had, We've never had that many disagreements to be honest it's, it's normally just a case of if there's a challenge you get in a room and you talk about it and you find a solution to it and that was pretty much how 
um, how we operated through this process as well. Is if if there's something that um, you know, if there's a curveball or if there's a a challenge, you get in a room, talk about it, solve it, and you know, sometimes there's a compromise and you and you move on. And just adding to that, I guess Henry, your dad, um, he was acting as a bit of a mentor, I guess, for both of you. How, how did that add into the mix? My dad's super direct, and as Graham and Dan already know, because Graham's worked in with a couple of other deals as well, um, which worked really well because I think you know one thing you don't get, one thing you get from my dad is a load of experience. One thing you don't get is beating around the bush, um, and me and Dan work like that anyway. We're pretty straight to the point. We're honest with each other. Um, we don't like to waste too much time going over things if, if it doesn't need to. If we're happy with the an outcome will move forward to the outcome and you know pick our battle somewhere else and i think that was one thing that we did really well we we completely understood that there was going to be areas where we needed to concede um just like any business deal whether it's an acquisition or or anything at the end of the day we're from sales backgrounds we we know how to negotiate on different different things in business and one thing we did well at the start with dad and with a couple of other people actually was to sit down together and say, okay, well, what do we want out of this? You know, what are the what are the drivers individually? And then be open with each other and then go, well, okay, well, this is our line. If anything ever goes below that line, then we walk away. And because we knew that right from the start, there was never um, a stage where we weren't happy to, you know, be upfront with Arrow, which they, you know, it means that they know where they need to be, be upfront with KPMG. I think Graham hopefully will, say all along that he knew exactly where you know where we were at every stage throughout the deal um, and dad massively helped with that give us clarity but also he you know kept us on our toes you know i think one the good thing about an advisor is never to set expectations higher if anything you know say for example when covid came along he said be prepared guys this could be on hold for 12 months you know if it was me i'd be put on hold for 12 months he didn't necessarily believe that because he knew we had a strong business and we'd been performing very well over the first six months of the year. But he was setting us up to have a no deal so we go again. And Graham actually did the same. Graham said, maybe we should, you know, pause it for 12 months, guys. Um, and what kept you going then? The fact that I think that Arrow were very, very open that they saw Alternet as a, a strategic play that would actually help them with their challenges throughout COVID as well. So... I think what Graham said before, I think if Arrow had said, you know, that oh, we'll see in a couple of weeks, maybe we would have paused, but I think they showed their commitment and therefore we thought it was right to continue the process and show our commitment. We put a lot of time and effort into it. We we genuinely thought or, and still do think, and we're starting to see the rewards of this now, that there was a massive opportunity for our product set in the UK market. And we just didn't have the, the scale to be able to take full advantage of it. And that was one of the reasons that we, looked at the market and arrow are helping us do that now and i think again we're still in cope we're still going through this really challenging time and um we've made some quite a lot of changes since um the acquisition and um, most of them you know have been super positive and enabled us to take advantage of that with some big wins i think you also have to remember when it when it comes to richard is that um you know his experience was even more valuable to henry and i because we'd never done this before so you know th this was this was the first time that we'd gone through a process and as um and obviously you know kpmg and the other advisors that we picked were um were great and they helped us to get the deal over the line and 100 percent and uh especially 
Graham, he, he got involved in in crucial times in the deal, but Richard was Richard was kind of there to um, provide a lot of the experience that we didn't have, and and that that you know you could, that, that's invaluable, really. So now that you've got Richard's experience, um, I guess just reflecting on the deal, what do you think are the key lessons learned that you can share with other entrepreneurs like yourselves? Yeah, I, I could basically just read an email that Richard sent us before the uh, before we actually even started the process. But um, uh, for, for me, it was there was kind of three main things. Uh, is the first one is that it's not as easy as as you think it's going to be. I think you know as much as KPMG and Richard would say, you know, spell out some of the challenges you'd face. You always think you're, it's going to be easier for you and. Um, and you obviously spend a lot of time on on the deal, you know, probably more than you you, you anticipate. Um, secondly, you know, I, I had to I had to learn to be probably more patient than I wanted to be. Uh, it's a long time from start to finish, and um, and you do invest. And the more time you invest, you know, the more impatient you become. I think because um, you know you want to see see the deal, you know, over the line. Uh, if nothing else, than to have something to show for the time that you've spent on on it, and um, and I think the main the main thing for me was that and moving forward is that initially you kind of well, I I thought about the the deal more about you know spreadsheets and EBITDA numbers and uh, and kind of finance conversations, but I think it's much more about people than I than I anticipated it was going to be. I think, especially during COVID, it's it's about, you know, obviously on the buy side, you know, you're looking to find people that, um, you know, you can trust because you, you're spending in most of the time, you know, quite a lot of money and that kind of trust and confidence in the people that you're working with is so important both ways, you know, for us to invest our time post deal, um, but then also for the on on the buy side for them to invest you know money and time in in doing the deal in the first place. So um, you know it's, it's it's definitely much more people orientated than I thought it was going to be. And Henry, anything? I, I also think I think when I thought about this earlier, patience was the first word that came to my mind as well. You know, you do have to be unbelievably patient, especially when you're used to in our world. You know, things moving relatively quickly. That's a completely different world and you only have an element of control. I think the, it links back to what I said before about, you know, part of the challenge is, you know, you're only at the table because you've built a successful business. So the number one priority for me is never lose sight that your job isn't to run the process. That's your, you know, it's sort of a hobby. It's, part, it's on the side. Your number one priority is to make sure the business continues to operate higher than it ever has done before. Because as soon as that drops, you leave yourself open to no deal or, as I said before, worse, a deal that, you know, you complete and you're, you know, you look back in five years time and say, I wish I'd never done that. And, you know, that's what the question me and Dan always asked ourselves, you know, in every part of the negotiation, you know, will we look back on it and be happy with it? And I think if you can ask yourself that question all the way through, especially at the end, and say yes, then it's a good, it's a good check. Um, and I'm, I think we both are, we, we're big on this in the whole business is, is planning. You know, don't go into it blind. You've got to, you've got to do so, spend so much time making sure your business is ready to go to market. Don't just assume that it's ready to go and Graham will, you know, take it to a business and suddenly they'll say, oh yeah, we really like that EBITDA number, we'll, we'll offer you this. 
you know, we still think we've got a relatively, um, well, very well run business, but fa fairly simple. I think Graham agreed with us at the start. Um, and suddenly, you know, each person who looks at the business makes it more complicated every single week. Um, so the more preparation you can do to get your business ready, to get your team ready, um, because me and Dan were involved in it from an alternate perspective, but, you know, other businesses have, have different members of the team involved are going to have to get ready for the process. Um, and be honest with yourselves, you know, at the start of the process, sit down. What does the end goal look like? Where is the red line? Because at the end of the day, it will come down to, to you know, quite a few things, but, you know, mainly the, the fee that you're going to get for the business. And you have to have a line where you're willing to, to walk away. If you don't, then you'll get found out. Um, so they're probably my key, key takeaways. Brilliant. Some really good points. Graham, what about from your perspective? Um, well, I'd echo some of the things that Henry and Dan just said, planning up front um, and, and making sure you've got your clear clear goal set and focus on running the business and let the advisor run the process. I think in this particular case, Joe, um, what really what really came, came home to, to help us was the relationship that Henry and Dan had built with Arrow. You know, pre-lockdown, they'd spent a lot of time with Chris and the team at Arrow building a relationship of trust. Because in every process, and I hope that in every process, there isn't something the size of COVID that comes along. But in every process, there is a bump in the road. There's something happens from left field you never thought about at the start. And if you've established that relationship between all parties, then it allows for constructive and pragmatic dialogue to take place. And you can be solution focused rather than using it as an excuse to fall out. And then secondly, um, and again, you know, COVID was the biggest curveball I've ever seen in my career, but there may be others coming. It's having flexibility in a process. So right the way through, we had our preferred plan A that was to sell the business. And very quickly, we realized Arrow was the best buyer. Um, but right the way through, we kept other options open. There were partial exits on the table. You know, the guys had other conversations um, in their back pocket so that we weren't held hostage to fortune. And ultimately, um, as we've said a couple of times in this in this session, they're always the option of just not doing a deal. And you must never lose sight and you must never get so tied up in a deal that it becomes everything. You know, you must maintain perspective and say, well, we can come back to it. If it's not working now, let's come back to it. But I think having the flexibility um, is very, very important. Some really good points, guys. Really good. Um, just to make things a little bit lighter, I just have got some quick fire questions for you, Henry and Dan, that I'm hoping we can have a bit of fun with. So, um, right, the first one is the first thing you bought. Go on, Dan. Okay, I'll take it away. Um, the first thing I bought was a bottle of champagne and there's a little bit of a story behind it so as soon as the as soon as actually the you know the deal was done i went to buy a bottle of champagne and i buy the same bottle of champagne uh, every time there's kind of a, something big that happens and our friends found a company that makes champagne bottles into candles after you've after you've drunk it obviously they chop the top off and uh, so we've got kind of a collection of candles in our house that all um link to to different to different memories which is quite nice so i i i, I like that oh lovely but when I, one thing i did hear from the team from the kpmg team is something about a car or something like that i don't know what, what was that I, about? 
I've done, uh, you know, over the years, I think probably when I was younger, I've, I've done uh, more talking about cars than buying them. Um, so I think I'm probably maybe past the point now of, uh, uh, now I've had a, now I've had a daughter. Um, I don't know if, if any sports cars are that practical anymore. Same as a minivan then. Exactly. It's, you know, anything <laughs> that's got four seats, uh, you know, two ice fix, a big boot. That's, that's, you know, as that's, that's what, that's what it's, that's what it's come to now. Perfect. Perfect. And Henry, you? Well, it was in the middle of COVID, Joe, so it's actually very difficult to buy anything that you could actually do anything with. So apart, I bought a Peloton bike, um, which was my first purchase and a couple of other bits. But um, I invested in some property. That was the first thing that I wanted to do because that's of interest to me, um, invest it wisely. Um, obviously, I've still got, even though my dad is now out of the process. He's still my dad, so he's still there in my ear, making sure I don't spend it. Um, <laughs> stupid stuff. Um, and booked a holiday and went on holiday. I think you know it was it was a challenging process, and we were lucky last year as a family to to get away at the right time because it was challenging, challenging for a lot of people. So I think if I look back and go, what was the best thing that I bought and invested in? Probably that break for two weeks away with the kids and my wife, because uh, you know it was. It was pretty challenging on the way when we got back as well. As, as I said, we're still in the mix of it now, so it was a good yeah, great, exactly. um, a good investment. Not that I'll see any of the money again. And did you manage to celebrate as a team, or is that because of COVID? Not, did you have a yeah, next? I think so. The, the first thing we did, obviously, after the when the deal happened, we we told the team, um, and you know, I think it was quite an easy uh, easy thing to do because as Graham knows, you know, we all our members of staff have stayed with the business. They've all got new roles. The, the relationship with Arrow is great. Arrow have a really big focus on, on people. Um, so they were super happy. We obviously wanted to celebrate as a team. We wanted to celebrate individually. Um, you know, me and Dan have probably only seen each other 10 times since July because of the, the outbreak, even though it seems like, you know, I spend more time with him now than I did before because we're always on teams. Um, so we haven't, got together and, and had a big party or anything like that. I th I'm not sure it's, you know, you know, myself and Dan are probably a little bit different to that. We prefer to, instead of having a big, a big blowout, we prefer to go somewhere nice and we have a, a, a incentive trip with um, the guys twice a year. And um, we went to London. Yes. Was that just before Dan London or was that just after? London was just before, but you know we've got um, we've got an incentive trip planned. Um, hopefully, sometime this year, depending on when the um, you know when travel is able to be permitted again. So um, definitely looking. I think mainly just looking forward to uh, you know the the deal was more than six months ago. Now I think it's more just about you know um, you know having a drink and a catch up with some of the team will be uh, you know will be as enjoyable. Um, on on the night i think that we that we completed the deal i, I think i'm pretty sure it was a monday night so i think my wife and i had a chinese because we you know takeaway because we couldn't go out anywhere so no no glamorous stories here unfortunately and is graham still chasing you up on the completion dinner trying to get that in uh, well it's going to be us chasing graham up. i think graham is paying isn't he it's not actually <laughs> are you, are you, are you, he's a yorkshire man <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think that's worth pointing out. I think one thing we haven't spoken about is the people outside of the, um, you know, alternate 
KPMG and my dad, I think that that's the other piece of advice is make sure you have a good team around you, whether it's the lawyers, we use Morgan Morris, they did a, a great job. Um, tax advisors, you know, all the stuff you probably don't think about at the start, you need a solid team around you because um, you are going to need a lot of advice. Um, and we will be chasing up John Hamer at Walker Morris because he's paying for the completion dinner, from what I understand. Oh, it's John, is it? Yeah. <laughs> good. Good, good. So you've done the deal and um, you're obviously working with Aero Business Communications, but if you look like far into the future, say 10 years time, where do you think you'll both be? Uh, well, if someone told me seven years ago it would be here, I probably wouldn't have written it down. So I try not to look too far. Personally, this is look too far in front. I think I just always need to have a challenge. So hopefully challenged in some form in, in business. Um, hopefully, you know, well, definitely in some form, probably still in IT and, and in property, but um, still motivated and challenged and um, in, in, but super open-minded to all the different options that potentially will come our way in the future. Excellent. Yeah, yeah not, not too dissimilar for me. I think um, I too don't necessarily look looks, you know, really far forward, but I think that doing things that challenge and motivate me is obviously, um, you know, continuing to do things that challenge and motivate me is, is, is number one in work. But um, the thing that 2020 probably taught me the most is that, that balance of spending time with your friends and family as well as as well as work is um you know more important more important than ever i was uh, commuting kind of to leeds every day so i'd spend about an hour with my daughter a day whereas now I, i'm spending you know three to four hours a day um with her at least um uh and i think that's you know move, moving forward that's pretty much how i want to spend as much of my time in the next in the next 10 years um with with her and obviously the, the family um and i think you know we're we're definitely fortunate if you're looking back at the positives of covid then the the people and family members and friends that we've been able to see more of probably because we're doing less commuting and um still as much work and um you know there's a, there's a better balance there so balanced i would say is one of the one of the key things for me yeah, that's a definite. I may just add, add a bit of what I think we might be doing in, in seven or ten years. I, I think the entrepreneurial flair and spirit that, that Henry and Dan have um, uh, will continue to burn strongly. So I suspect there'll be another deal or two um, along that journey as well. So uh, hopefully they'll come uh, knocking on our door for some help at the time. Great. Thanks, Graham. Yeah. Let's hope so. So, you know, we're just going to wrap it up now, but I just wondered, you know, is there any lessons, learns or key takeaways for anyone that's listening today? I, th I think we've, we've covered a lot of it. In general, the processes are more um, are more challenging and probably longer than anyone would, would plan for at the start. But um, uh, for me, it's, you know, be as pragmatic as possible. That's one of the things that kind of Graham summed up quite nicely earlier on um there is a lot of emotion that's involved in um in uh, in that process because you do invest so much time not just in the process but you also spend some time reflecting on the time that you've invested building the business over that over that period of time so um being as being as pragmatic as possible is something that um you know is sometimes challenging because of the emotions that come into it but 
overall, I think, you know, the key takeaway for me is that um, a, a lot of the success of the deal happening was actually nothing to do with Henry and I. It was it was all to do with the people uh, in Alternet that, you know, work hard every day and continue to work hard and build their careers with us, which is which is brilliant to see. But then also the people around us that advised us and we, we were able to benefit from their experience, which um, which can't be underestimated. So, um, yeah, I think really, really thankful for all those people. And um, and they probably made well, they did make more of an impact on, on getting the deal done than we did. I think for me, Joe, it's it's mainly around understanding why you're there in the first place. And if you never lose sight of that, you'll pretty much get the outcome that you want. The reason you're there is, as Dan said, because you've got good people, but you've got a great business. You know, hopefully Graham's not taking many businesses and working with businesses that aren't great businesses that have great people. That's the reason you're at the table. And if you ever are at that table and you've got buyers that don't see that, don't work with them. You know, you're most likely going to have to work with them moving forward. I think we're super lucky that we found a partnership with our own. We, that's how we see it. We don't necessarily see it like we sold the business and it's theirs to run now. It's a partnership and Arrow see that as well. And that's what you're looking for. And for that to work, you've got to understand you've got a good business. At times it will, you know, they're going to look and they're going to look KPMG and the, the other side will look under the skin of the business and they will find things that, you know, need explanation, but never lose confidence that you've got a great business um, because that's the reason you're there. And at the end of the day, if the deal, if you did get a no deal, you've still got a great business. So, you know, one day the, time, the right time will come and that the right partnership will come if it doesn't happen the first time around. Graham, any concluding remarks from you? Just to say, it was a pleasure working with you, Henry and Dan. And um, as I say, I don't think it's the last time we'll be crossing paths. And uh, you know, let's hope the business continues to thrive under the uh, new ownership. Yeah. Thanks, Graham. Cheers, Graham. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Henry. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Just for your time, it's brilliant. Really great hearing your story. I've taken away. Have a great vision and surround yourself with great people, and, and that way you're going to create a great deal from that side of things. So. That's all we've got time for today. So please do like, share, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. We've got a great lineup of deals to feature over the coming months. So hope to see you soon.